Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com slash give. Enjoy the message. Uh, well, good evening. How are you doing? Good. Well, good to have you here this evening. I'm Ben, uh, lead pastor. I love this time of year uh, with all the celebrations, all the uh, graduation party and, uh, parties, and of course, uh, really the most significant holiday of the year, Father's Day. Isn't that true? Because let's face it, our fathers do so much for us. They're so caring and they're nurturing and with a little help from moms uh, every once in a while. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. My girls often uh, spoil me this, uh, this time of year. And one of the things I could never understand was, uh, as a kid, I was always happy when school was getting out. Uh, uh, we have some kids here. You're ha- are you happy that school's almost out? Yeah, I'm sure you are. And I could never understand why, why the teachers had bigger smiles than I did. Uh, and they were sort of happy as well. Well, if you're a teacher here today, uh, I've got something for you a little bit. We're, we're going to uh, look at uh, uh, some things uh, that'll be uh, helpful for us. We're going to look at uh, some, uh, some words that have, uh, can have different meanings. You look at this uh, uh, crane. What do you think of when you think of a crane? Go ahead. Not everyone at once. A bird, right? Uh, there's other kinds of cranes, right? The, the cranes that, where we have buildings and all of that to, to build them. And then date. You think of date, you can think of a, a food. You can think of something you want to go on. Something you just went on. And then uh, right, you can think of uh, being correct. Uh, You can think of one side or the other. And then you think of family. Uh, You think of family, and you can have just, you know, a picture of a family, or you might think of this when you think of family, or you might think of this when you think of family. Uh, yeah, there's uh, uh, all sorts of meanings, and uh, we all have uh, something in mind when we think of our family. And as we think of our family, uh, we think of how it is, and we think of maybe what we would hope it to be. And in this series, uh, This Is Us, we're looking at some of the challenges and complexities of family. And really, uh, today what I want to look at is what, what God intended it to be, uh, not only in sense of us enjoying each other, but as a sense of purpose for a family and how it connects with God's purposes uh, for our life as well. I'm going to look at a passage of Scripture. It comes from the book of the Bible, uh, 2 Timothy. If you have your outlines, if you'll take that out. We're going to look at a few verses, and these few verses really have a lot packed into them. I want to give you a bit of background uh, to it. Uh, This is written by the Apostle Paul, who God used to write about two-thirds of the New Testament, inspired by God. And it's written to uh, Timothy, aptly named the book of Timothy, who was his son in the faith. 
And one of the things as we're looking at family, I think we see right here, uh, really as a subtext of sorts, we get it through First and Second Timothy, is uh, that Timothy, although a, a man at this time and a, and a leader in his own right, uh, he really didn't have a, a father who was there for him, definitely from a spiritual standpoint. Uh, and God provided uh, Paul who really uh, stood in the gap for him. And, and I think we see that God will do that uh, for us as we look at family. You know, sometimes as we celebrate Mother's Day, as we celebrated that, our Father's Day come, coming up, we think of what we lack and instead of what God has provided. Well, we, we see that, and then we also read this in 2 Timothy 1, 5 through 7. He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded also lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God, uh, God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And I want us to focus a little bit on that, that, uh, that God's Spirit in us, in, in our lives, in our family, and he's talking about the spirit, sort of the lineage there, how Timothy was influenced by his grandmother and his mother, that, that there would be this sense of power, that there would be love and self-discipline, and it would be there for a purpose. And the purpose would be to live out God's purposes in our lives. And so what does that look like? Uh, the key idea is this, and this is our first fill-in, is that faith in action is mission. That if you, if you wonder uh, what mission is, uh, or you, maybe gr you grew up in a church where you heard about people who were missionaries and they'd go uh, to some far-off country and you thought that that is what it was. That's part of it, but that really isn't the, the proper sense of mission. It's God's purposes lived out uh, with our faith. Now, how in the world does that intersect with families? How in the world do, do people as, a, as a, an extended family, as a couple, as a nuclear family, uh, live that out? That's exactly what we're going to look at uh, today. And you might even wonder, why is this important? It's important uh, for multiple reasons, and I, I want to look at a few of those. Uh, first of all, it creates unity. That when we have this sense of mission that's greater than ourselves, uh, that we have uh, that unity. Have you ever had disunity or discord in your household? Yeah, have you had a two-year-old, a teenager, a husband who acts like a two-year-old or a teenager? Yeah, if you have, you uh, have had a sense of uh, tension from time to time. And oftentimes what we think is if we could just resolve every tension, then our family would be at peace. Uh, and and there's, that's a great thought, but it really doesn't work that way. What, what resolves uh, or at least restrains some of these tensions is a greater sense of purpose. That if I'm just focused on me all the time, then my world gets really small and I'm going to fight for my rights. Uh, but if I'm thinking about something greater than myself, then I have uh, this sense of purpose and it creates unity when we join in that together. Secondly, it diminishes entitlement. 
Uh, now, uh, how many of you have heard uh, that uh, some people, some uh, have the reputation for being entitled, that people, some places in America, I know it's not on the east side, but some places in America that people can feel a little bit entitled. Have you heard that anywhere? I hear it all the time. And uh, I, parents will come up to me all the time. Well, you know, my kids, they're, my kids are really entitled. Uh, and I smile at them and say, well, it's your fault. <laughs> and I hate to say that. It is your fault. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Yeah. No, it really is. There's this, I hear it again and again. There's a sense of entitlement, entitlement, entitlement. And here's what can happen is we can get a, a blessing and, uh, you know, we live in a great place, great schools, you know, you go to amazing church, you know, awesome pastor, you know, everything. You have this, uh, we have all this, maybe financial resources. Are those bad? No. No, not at all. Those are a blessing uh, from God, you know, and I don't believe in the theology where, you know, uh, hey, if you love God enough, he's going to make you rich. Uh, but I also don't believe in the, the sort of poverty gospel of, you know, you're only ho holy if you don't have anything. Resources are a gift. They're a responsibility. They're something for us to use. And if we look at it in a biblical way, my, my concern is in the Christian world, on both ends, there's a pretty unbiblical view of the gifts that God has given us. In fact, in the scripture, it says, to whom much is given, much is required. And so if you've been given a lot, if you've been given great health and a great family, you've been given financial resources, a great job, thank God for that. That is a blessing. That is an awesome thing. And now the question is, God, what do you want me to do? Why did you bless me in this way? Now, I, I talk to parents all the time, and they'll, they're, well, what do I do about my kids? Let me tell you what will not work, is telling them how hard you had it when you grew up. Even though they love those stories, <laughs> that's sarcasm, <laughs> they, no, it's, it's, it, it just doesn't work, or telling them that they should be thankful. It doesn't work. I wish it worked. All, none of that works whatsoever. I am going to get to what does work and what can be transformational for families. If that's an issue and you say, well, can you really solve it? Absolutely, super easy if you want to. It also clarifies convictions. See, it takes me a while to get warmed up when I preach sometimes. <laughs> it clarifies convictions. Now, I get a lot of questions from parents. Uh, how do I transmit my faith? I get that for uh, who have adult children. How do I transmit this sense of how I've come to know Jesus and how important that is uh, in my life? Well, it's not just by what we teach, it's by what we do. I remember years ago when uh, one of my daughters, won't tell you which one, she was, uh, uh, she was having trouble with her math homework. And uh, they were studying uh, the, all the properties in math, the distributive property, the commutative property, all of those properties in math, the identity property. 
and uh, we were working through it, and she, uh, finally she got mad, and she said, Dad, just stop talking. Tell me the answers. <laughs> and you know what? I had a choice to make. And, and I did not tell her the answers. Because number one, I didn't want her to, to learn that it was okay to not do the work. And number two, I had no idea what the answers were. <laughs> I won't tell you which one was most important there. <laughs> but, but there's a sense of when I live out my faith, it clarifies my convictions. And it communicates them as well. Number four, it increases joy. And man, I don't know about you. I have been, I was, I, for some reason, I was hit so hard this week uh, by two very public suicides. Uh, they're uh, Kate Spade and then Anthony Bourdain. And, and I'll tell you what, one, one I, I don't want to be simplistic about this because there are all sorts of things, much which we will never know, that go uh, behind that. But also we do know it's an increasing epidemic. And so there's something systemic in our society at this point in history that's causing that to increase in a way it hasn't before. I mean, I know there's depression, and depression is a real thing. Depression is something that is good to get help with uh, in all sorts of ways. Yes, get prayer. Yes, go to a doctor. Yes, go to a counselor. And... So, so, so it's a complex, a super complex thing. And, and I know when you hit your worst moments in life, that there's always this question of where do I go? Not just what do I do, but where do I go? And, and when I have, this is where God, and I don't want to be simplistic, but I do believe this is true and will change things. And if for you, if you're, if you're struggling today and you say, I struggle with uh, despair and hopelessness and depression, you get all the help you can, but this part is going to be super important too because it'll sustain you when there's gaps and it'll supersede in some ways everything as you, as you go through that. There's a sense of, I know the purpose that I was created for, and more important than that, I know my creator. You know, I, I, I started reading the Bible uh, late in my teenage years, because I never, we didn't have, even have the Bible in the house, we were not Bible people, not Christian people, not any of those kind of people, so uh, I came to know Jesus, said yes to him before I'd ever uh, read a Bible and uh, so I started uh, reading uh, the Bible. I didn't know where to read. I started reading Genesis and Numbers, and that was hard, and, and uh, it really was. And then so finally I went to the book of Job because I needed one. And, the, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, so I uh, found out that it wasn't a book about employment. <laughs> it's about this guy who had a really, really bad life. And he blamed God, I mean, you know, he, he lost his health, 
his wealth, his family, his dog, his pickup. It was like the first country song ever written. And so he's having this, this horrible season of life. And yet there's a, a verse in the book of Job, 3.15. As he loses everything, and he's really blaming God for it, he says, though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. The old King James Version says, though he slay me, I will trust in him. And there's something about that, that sense of purpose that transcends any circumstance that you could ever have. I think one of the reasons the book of Job is in the Bible, one, I think God was one to communicate a lot through, the, through Job's story. But that even when it's so bad that you can't imagine it getting worse, that you can have hope, that you can have joy, that you can have a sense of purpose. And so, as I look at this today in this series, This Is Us, I look at, hey, where are we going? Let's live on mission. Let's move forward. But I also know this weekend, as I'm talking to uh, a lot of people, I'll be talking to a lot of people on all the campuses this weekend, is that there's some of you, you need to hear this, is that God's sense of purpose, yes, it's for your family, yes, it's going to help transform that, it's going to bring you together, it's going to resolve actually some of the conflicts that you're having, but it's going to give you that elusive sense of joy and maybe if you've gotten off track with God, it's time to say, God, I'm going to get back on track with you. And it's not that, I, that, that joy is the only thing I want. I want you, God. But I know that that is a wonderful byproduct along the way. And so as, as we look at that, I want to just get real practical. I've, I've gotten last few weeks, we've looked at uh, some things that have been practical, also you know, a little bit theological and today I'm going to look at four aspects of steps for your family. And that could be if it's you, if it's your single parent. We have lots of single parents, and, and you're my heroes when you uh, just take this whole job of parenting on your own or it's your extended family. And I'm going to look at first our sort of understanding of God basis and then a few things that you and I can do to live out those purposes and live out the best part of life with Jesus and our families. Well, the first step is this, is to think grace first. And this is important because I'm going to suggest uh, some things for you to do, but it's import also important to know where it comes from. One of my biggest problems with religion, and I know, I know for, if, if you're like me, before I became a Christian, I sort of had thought Christianity and religion were synonymous. Uh, uh, religion is not a bad word. Religion is, is an understanding of God. It's a construct. Uh, it could be a God construct or it could be a made-up construct. But one of the problems I have uh, with religions in general, it's I do this thing and then God will get, it's, it's a transactional, it's transactional. I do this and God will do this for me. Well one, here's the problem, is that it never really works. You have people who will, who will you know, I'm trying to get God to do this and he's not, you know, because God will not be manipulated. 
God instead makes the first move. In fact, it's so unique to the Christian faith that God is constantly making the first move. In fact, about Jesus, it says this, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And you say, well, sinners, is God judging me? Well, yeah, he is a little bit. Uh, but sin is actually, you know what it is at its heart, heart, is rebellion against God, opposition against God. It's saying, God, I don't want your way. I'm not sure I want you. And God says, that's okay. I'm going to make the first move. And so when we think grace first, it changes everything. We have this sense of purpose because we understand. And, and, and I know that there's a lot of you who are new to Timberlake in the last number of months. And, and uh, we, one, I want to tell you this, we're for every single church where, where uh, Jesus is lifted up, where God's word is honored. But for us, there are some things that are so radically essential is that we understand that God, because he made the first move, that he's, he's for us and not against us, that God's, God's truth matters, even the parts that we believe the Bible, even the parts we don't like. You know, there are parts of the Bible, it's okay not to like parts of the Bible. Do you know that's okay? But you still say, okay, God, if I'm doing the math, you're God, I'm not. I'm going to go with your way, not my way. And it's okay that, that, that we believe that. We believe that a low shame level is so important. It's come as you are, but don't stay as you are. To say yes to God, even before you would know what he'd ask you, just lead with a yes, you'd expect life change. And this is all in response to God's grace for us. And so we have a response to live out too. 1 Corinthians 10.31, or... Uh, Let's skip that one. Let's go down to 2 Corinthians 5.20. It says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That we have a mission is that even as we get reconciled to God, as we enjoy his presence, as we enjoy the, his blessings in our life, that we're to share that with other people. Well, what does that look like in our life? What can that look like? Now, here's where I'm going to get real practical. And this is, I'm going to suggest some steps to you today, and I just want to let you off the hook. Yeah, you don't, this is not like a timeshare presentation or anything like that. That is not, and you're, if you're a timeshare salesman, that's okay. Jesus loves you. <laughs> Repent. No, the, uh, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm. Not kidding. Anyway, so the, uh, but, but the, uh, uh, I, here's what I am, I'm suggesting these steps for a reason. Because some of you, God is saying it's time to get off your blessed assurance <laughs> and, to, and to take a step that's going to bring life. Instead of wondering what life would be on the other side of obedience, why don't you start, start doing that today? Why don't you... You know, I love, I love how what God says in the Bible so, so many times, things like, come let us reason together. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. It's an invitation to participation in the life that God has for us. Well, what's a practical step? One is to serve locally. Now, uh, I, I'm talking primarily for mission outside the church, although there's ministry inside 
uh, the church as well. Oftentimes what we, what we think is we need to do this big thing for God. You know, one of the great things as a, as a family is to say, hey, why don't we do something together? La- last summer uh, at Acres of Diamonds, uh, our transitional housing for homeless women and kids, uh, if you're new, new around here, five years ago we were asked, five or six years out ago, asked to take over a failing uh, ministry for homelessness. They, they were no longer sustainable, and they said, we don't, uh, we don't care what you do with the property. If you want to sell it, you can sell it. And I'm like, yeah, that would be great. Pastor sells homeless shelter. <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, so I didn't take him up on that. <laughs> and buys new jet. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay, sorry, too soon. Anyway, but they're, uh, they're, we said, we're going to invest in it. I was just talking with the executive director. Uh, funny thing is, when I was, my first job in ministry was a college pastor. She was an intern with me. And she's done an incredible job. And uh, many, you may not know, we're doing a $3.5 million expansion to that facility. Uh, we uh, serve over 30 people. We'll be able to serve over 80 people. God is doing incredible things. And on, on, on our work day last August alone, over 200 of you Went, and a lot of you with families to serve and to volunteer and to share the love. And it's, it's radically Christ-centered. You don't have to be a Christian to go there, but we're radically Christ-centered. And just share the love of Jesus Christ. And again, you know, we don't want, we're not publicity hounds around here. We don't want to say, do we, do we have one of the best and, and most growing answers to homelessness in this region? Yeah. But notoriety, that's awesome. You know what's better? Making a difference for people. And so it's just people like you and me saying, what can I do? Jesus, with what you've given me, what can I do? I mean, uh, the there, there's so many cool people. So many of you are so awesome, and I just want to, I mean, serving like at the Union Gospel Mission, uh, Tacoma Rescue Mission, there's some people who, who God has given them some uh, business acumen and uh, creating businesses, and this is from our church, for people coming out of homelessness because oftentimes they're not really good at jobs at first. You've got to have them a little flexibility and God, whether it's Habitat for Humanity House Build, you saw that a couple weeks ago. Sometimes it's just serving, you know, people like on the plateau. Uh, we, the 4th of July, 20,000 people, we just uh, give away stuff just to change the narrative when it comes to church and Jesus. Over 700 kids will come uh, to our vacation Bible schools, the largest in the region. And uh, maybe you just come and you serve as a, as a person, uh, as a family. And, and I'd encourage you to do that, yes, to honor Jesus, but also to say, could we as a family gather around God's purposes? What difference would it make in your family and in your life? And, and I got to tell you, I think it'll make a bigger difference than you think. I love uh, what uh, Helen Keller wrote. Uh, 
uh, she said, I am only one, but I am still one. I cannot do everything, but I can still do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do the something I can do. Jesus put it this way uh, in the Bible. Uh, He said, truly I tell you, whatever you have done for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And so that, that's, that's one way we can step into God's purposes. You say, well, I'm sure I have a ministry in the church. That matters too. I just want you to, because maybe you're here and you don't even believe in Jesus. You never think you're going to follow him. But this would be a step that it, even before faith, it'll start to transform your family. And then to go globally is another one. And this is, I know this is crazy uh, to say, how, what would we do around our world to make a difference? What would happen if we as families, as we as individuals, started uh, to do that? Now, for those of you who say, hey, I have a passion, you know, is it just people going? Are we going to get financial resources? (laughs) We've, We've given more financial resources to missions in the last few years than in the 25 years previous at Timberlake Church. So yes, we invest heavily in that. And uh, for, for some of you, it's sort of weird because we don't take like a missions offering. We just say, you be faithful, and we're going to take a percentage of that for God's work uh, in the world. And so uh, with that, we give, but it's also important to go as well. Sort of cool this year, we've had all sorts of opportunities. Uh, you know, we've had uh, te- teams in India and Puerto Rico. Uh, in Mexico, we have uh, about 100 people going on the family missions trip to Poland, people sharing their faith. And in your program, there's a little guide for 2019. And one of the, one of the questions has been, uh, why don't you tell us about the opportunities for 2018? Is because they're all pretty much full at this point. Because so many of you have been so responsive uh, to what God is doing that uh, we really have this incredible uh, opportunity. And so what would it look like if we said, God, I'm going to be part of uh, what your ministry is in the world and see what difference it could make? My question uh, for us is, what would happen in our families if we did that. In fact, here's the deal. You don't have to guess. I want you to hear a story uh, of, of a couple who is sort of thinking about this, and, and they share what a difference it made when they, when they got outside of their comfort zone and said, let's try to be a little bit more about God's purposes as a family. Take a look at the screen. Uh, My name's Gabe Gagliardi, and this is my wife, Tiffany, and we have two children, Roman and Jonah. We moved to Sammamish from Seattle about, well, two years ago, and we really wanted to find a church, and uh, that works for our family. Gabe and I, we've been together for 11 years, and we've never really ever gone to church together. So uh, we tried Timberlake out, and it just clicked for us. So here we are two years later and it's been awesome. Our family is about giving and uh, serving, 
It's kind of in our DNA. When we first got here, we, we really wanted to jump right in. And after a few weeks, we said, this is a place for us. So I started volunteering in the um, kitchen, uh, helping out on Sunday mornings, and then met so many great people. And then just more and more, it felt more like a family. Met Pastor David and learned about the missions trip to Mexico. I believe the first one that we did uh, here at Timberlake. So, and when I found out you could take your children, it was hands down like we're going, definitely going. So, uh, Roman and I went the first year, which was last year, and then Tiffany and Roman are going this year. Um, like I said, we have a two-year-old, so one of us wanted to stay back with him. When Roman came back last summer from Mexico. Um, you could just tell that he had a very changed heart. Um, he, the first thing he told me is he wanted to give all his savings, which is not very much. Um, he wanted to give it all to the children that he played with in Mexico. And it changed me too. I mean, hearing him uh, want to do those things. And I think it's just given him a new perspective. Serving to me is important. God gave me life. And it's a simple way to say thank you. <laughs> I look at it that way. And setting that example for my kids and for the next generation to see, it's not all about you. Sometimes you serving others is the most important thing you can do. Jesus in our family is super important. I mean, I think he just brings a level of comfort and security. Um, as a parent, you have a lot of weak moments. <laughs> And there's a lot of times where if I, I got to stop and I have to say a prayer and it gets me through that next 20 minutes, that next 30 minutes, just knowing you're not alone. It's, it's unreal. My relationship with God over the past two years has really grown stronger, um, not, just, not just from coming to church every Sunday, but reading the Bible, going to growth groups, serving has all come together and it's just made my faith so much stronger in the last two years. I thought that was pretty cool. And I was just thinking, how many of you here, I know this, this like we never make you raise your hand, but I'm going to do it this time. Uh, how many of you here have uh, been on one of our projects uh, some, somewhere around the world at some point? How many of you have done that? Yeah, okay, you're afraid to learn. Yeah, a lot of you. Yeah, some of you. I know you went. You're just not raising your hands anyway. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of you. It's one of those incredible opportunities. Uh, and really, whether it's, we're not just good people who do good things. It all comes down to this, is number four, is to share Jesus. Is to share that there's an alternative to despair. There's an alternative to friction that never gets resolved. There's an alternative to just going through the motions. And that alternative is knowing God who created us and invites us to live according to his purposes. And maybe for you, you say, hey, my biggest step is I'm going to take a step where I'm a, a little more honest about my faith. We will, where we will say, hey, you know, we're going to invite that other family uh, to, to an event at church, somewhere where they'll hear uh, about Jesus, maybe change the understanding, change the perception that the God, God who's real, God who's revealed perfectly in scriptures, also has 
that perfect purpose and plan for our lives that we can step into at any moment. And I, I encourage you to, to take that step. And maybe for you, though, it's not so much sharing Jesus with someone. You, I mean, that would be the scariest thing in the world. And by the way, you don't need to be a theologian or a Bible scholar uh, to talk about Jesus. You just need to say, hey, this is what Jesus has done in my life. And uh, I heard about someone who was new to our church. In fact, I can't even use the word. Uh, they were describing... Uh, someone asked him, you know, this person, you, do you go to church? And he said, you're blank and right, I do. <laughs> and I thought, I love that. Welcome to Timberlake Church, you know. Because <laughs> they're like, I cannot believe that. And you know what it is? It's just normal people with an extraordinary God who changes our life, who turns the narrative of our life around because he lets us join him in his purpose. But, but for some of us, the big deal is that's just not us yet. It's hard to be about God's purposes when we're really not sure, hey, are we really in that relationship with God through Jesus Christ? I grew up much of my life thinking that was for other people. And it's, it's funny that the book of the Bible, the last book of the Bible in the book of Revelation, where it talks about, you know, you choose to live a life with God, this is what it likes, so you choose apart from God, this is what it looks like. Not a really good thing, but this is what it looks like. And before it describes any of that, Jesus speaking, Revelation 3.20, he says, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Sort of an, an invitation to relationship. And I, I was thinking today that probably a lot across this weekend, there's some of us where we've not, we've not taken Jesus up on that. And I want to give you the opportunity to do so. Will you pray with me? Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.